The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Dave McKinney, was that part of your routine to go to the State Fair on the political days, of course, when you lived in Springfield? Uh, Sam, I'm sorry. You cut out on me there. Um, I'm sorry. Was the State Fair part of your plans to go, especially on the political days? And and they're not like it used to be, that's for sure. No, no, it it definitely was. It was a a rite of passage every year. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out. I had... uh, the last thing I had that was deep fried out there, I think, was the uh, was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then I think I had, well, I, I dug up a photo and I sent around some coworkers here. They they couldn't believe it. I I ate a uh, two or three bites of mealworm pizza by one of the vendors out there, which was quite an experience. So, you know, I think, and, and I interviewed Mark Kirk back in what did that have been fourteen when he. No, it was the year that he lost. But his staff brought over some sort of a pizza and it had some different stuff on it. And you're right, like like fried insects almost or something like that. And so I had, how, how is that how is that not like a, a public health code violation? Well, I, in and of itself, believe me, when he wasn't looking, I I pitched it. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, right. it under the table. I, I look at that over there, and then he looked away. All right. Um, You've been covering, obviously, a lot of things on the state scene. Let's just go through as much as we can in a very short period of time. Yeah. Uh, Darren Bailey, no money, no money, no money, no money. Uh, Ulan took a, evidently has taken a pass on him. What's going on? Did anybody see this coming? Boy, you know, that that is just the, the thing. I mean, yeah, we, we all, we've all watched these campaigns, and, the, and, and money is the lifeblood of, of politics. And as of June 30th, he had $363,000 or 364, I think, in the bank. And, you, you know, you can't do anything with that. That's, you, you've, got, you've got a campaign payroll to meet. Never mind the, the ads that cost, uh, you, you know, a, just a bundle. I mean, I, I talked to somebody who, who in the ad business the other day about what $364,000 would buy you. It was like, you know, I think the way they put it, it was like one commercial in the Chicago media market, putting it in front of voters six times. Mm. And, and in order for a commercial to register with people, it's got to, you know, you got to see it 10 or 15 times. So meaningless. He can't, he has, the problem with that lack of money is that he has no room for error. And he can't, he, he's letting himself be defined by J.B. Pritzker, who has a, a bottomless pit as far as money goes. And and he can't respond, and so that that creates a problem. And you mentioned Dick Uline, you know, he's the guy that, um, you know, I, I I didn't realize it until a while back, but I mean, he's the, the heir to the the Schlitz Brewing fortune, and he uh, he's got this company, of course, that you probably see when you you, you know you're looking for office supplies, Uline, and he's a big donor to Republicans across the country, and he was he, he put money into Bailey's primary campaign, but his for for whatever reason, he has he is instead now putting money into a, a political action committee that's run by Dan Proft, who is a, a broadcaster and political activist on the, on the far right. Bailey is not getting any money from Uline, and and he's not getting any money from Ken Griffin, of course, because Griffin Griffin is saying I'm not I'm not going to fund you. I thought uh, Richard Irvin, the Aurora mayor, was a better choice in the Republican primary. So he he is he is in a fix. He's in a pickle, and I I don't. You know, you can't run a campaign in this state in this day and age if you don't have money. 
Uh, Dave McKinney is with WBEZ Radio in Chicago, um, and he is was in Springfield. How many years did you live in Springfield? I was close to 20. 20 years. Yeah, and you're... Lawrence Avenue, Passfield, uh, Blackberry Run, just kind of bounced around there. I love Springfield. It's just a... It just is a you know great little town. I mean, a little town. It's not a little town, but but it's a it's a great um, you know. It just sort of kind of represents Illinois. It's a microcosm in a way. You know, it's just got it, it, it's just so much to do there, so much to see. I, I really miss it. Let's talk Richard Urban. I am not so sure I've ever seen a first press conference a bigger disaster than that was. Did somebody not bet him? Did they not sit him down in the room and fire questions at him? You knew. It had to know there were going to be four or five questions given that were going to be asked. I mean, it was a disaster from day one, and I thought right then the, the campaign started to go in the wrong direction. Yeah, I, I think that was a very difficult press conference. I mean, you know, he, he, the, the whole point of it was to uh, – it was back in uh, – I think it was back in May. He He was trying to – Make light of the, uh, the, the the deaths of uh, 36 veterans at the LaSalle Veterans Home because of COVID, and and you know there, there have been uh, you know there's been a lot of study about what went wrong at LaSalle, and they were trying to kind of resurrect the, the Legionnaires situation that, that you know tanked Rauner over at Quincy, but instead of, of that being the focus of that day, I mean you know he, uh, Irvin couldn't answer coherently questions about what his position on abortion was he couldn't answer questions about donald trump and i think what it what it kind of demonstrated was the campaign was in in full bore um you know cautious mode where they they were, they were trying to keep him out of fire um and preserve every kind of wiggle room he would need in a general election so they fell into a trap really where they weren't focused on getting out of the primary instead they were looking ahead to the general election of course uh, you know the, the money that poured in, uh, and, and really, Sam, this is the, the difference here. It, it, that press conference was disastrous. You're right, mm. but what what the, the situation was? All the money from Pritzker, the Democratic Governors Association, even uh, the Dan Proft uh, PAC I mentioned, they poured all this money in at the, at the you know the last couple of weeks, month or so, and, and elevated Bailey. And that, that got him over the hump in the primary. And Irvin, we've never seen a campaign, $50 million that Ken Griffin, the hedge fund tycoon from Chicago, put into that campaign. We've never seen that much money more or less just squandered in a, in a political race in this state. It was really something to see. Dave, you have to believe that there were other people who went to the room and visited with Griffin, if not Griffin his own people. Uh, I continually uh, talked to Kirk Dillard and uh, – I think, I don't know if he talked to Griffin directly. He certainly talked to Griffin's people. What do you think enamored Griffin with Richard Urban? There had to be some other people who would have been, I think, um, well, certainly better suited for the campaign than Richard Urban was. Well, I mean, on paper, Urban, he he was intriguing on paper because, I mean, think about it for a second. You know, you're going into a general election against the uber-wealthy Democratic governor, the billionaire governor, and here you have this guy who is the mayor of the second largest city, so he's got a, a constituency built in with that. He's, he comes from the collar counties. That, that's really that's the area that delivered uh, the victory to Pritzker in 2018. He won all but one of the collar counties, and it, it's not been that long ago that the collar counties were solidly Republican. And so, so you have that, and 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 you know the fact he was African American that that was intriguing too because 
you know, that's such a core constituency, the Democratic base. If, if, if uh, you have a Democratic candidate, uh, he, he might peel off some of the, the support that Pritzker would expect to get. So all those things on paper looked really good. But you're right. Dillard had uh, Dillard and others had warned warned them to be very careful about vetting uh, vetting Bailey. Looking, you know, he's a, a lawyer. Looking at who he represented in court. Did he represent any cop killers? Did he, you know all of that? And uh, you know, there was just baggage that, that turned up uh, in Richard Irvin's past that that you know was was part of the problem as well. So it just all around the whole thing was you know. Just to, again, I can't get my arms around $50 million just disappearing like that in a campaign that, uh, you know, was all bells and whistles and it just kind of fell flat. Speaking of falling flat, Bailey and DeVore are now out with wanting more explanation about a local uh, young lady, Jenny Thornley, who was involved and certainly is going to be charged with some things and probably lost a state job uh, and so on and so forth and trying to tie her in with Pritzker because I don't know if she's ever on his staff. She might have campaigned for him as a volunteer. Is that going anywhere at all? Does that even get any traction up in your area? Well, I, I don't, you know, it ties back to, to uh, Bailey and money. Like, you know, he, he can go out and put out a press release about it and hope that some, some people in the media pick it up and do something with it. But if he can't get out there and put that, uh, what he thinks is an important uh, issue in the campaign, if he can't bundle that together and put it on TV as an ad, it's not going to go anywhere. There's no traction to it. And, and so I think that's the problem with an issue like that. Maybe, you know, these guys maybe think that it's something that will, you know, muddy up Pritzker a little bit, but if, if they can't get it to voters, it's it's just kind of like a tree falling in the forest, and no one no one's seeing it. Well, um, that's I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're hearing some things, Dave, about unification. Uh, Avery Bourne came out. Now she's endorsed. I'm not sure Urban has officially. Uh, Don Tracy said uh, it's coming along as far as endorsements and bringing everybody together. Uh, I don't sense an enthusiasm. I think the endorsements might be just in name only going through the motions because they feel like some of these people that they have to do it. I'm not so sure. How is this going to impact? I'm sure there are some down ballot people that are very concerned about at the moment, the lack of enthusiasm about the Republican candidate for governor. It's, it's, it's really something. I mean, I, I, I did some reporting on that last week and, you know, of course, Griffin, uh, the, the hedge fund guy, uh, billionaire that we all know about, uh, I mean, he was, he was right out of the gate. I'm not going to support, uh, Darren Bailey. And, he, uh, you know, here's a guy who's, who I, I, I think the tally was over $200 million. This guy has put into campaigns over his, over his, uh, giving lifetime, so he's out of the picture. And then what was really fascinating was like you, you, uh, early in the campaign, uh, early in the Irvin campaign, they came out of, out, of, out of the gates with, you know, probably close to 70 people that were endorsing them. And, and, you know, back in January, and these were people that I would regard as, as sort of household Republican names, people we all recognize. And, you know, I started calling around, and what I, what, I, what I found was, especially, again, in the collar counties where all the votes are at, um, you know, one by one by one, a lot of these, these Republicans, either they, 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 didn't, they didn't get back to me uh, or they, they would only talk if their names weren't used, uh, but, but they were just like, you know, this, this is a, they, they wanted nothing to do with Bailey. And you know, the, probably the most prominent example of somebody uh, in that in that mix is, is a guy named Ron Gidwitz. And if, if we all remember mm-hmm. him, I think from back in 2006, 
Uh, he ran for governor uh, on the Republican side. Uh, Topinka uh, eventually got the uh, nomination. But, but, you know, this is a guy who is, is a, a very important behind-the-scenes person in the Republican Party. He has access to the GOP donor base. He's got uh, ties to Trump. He was the finance director for Trump. Uh, in his Illinois uh, presidential campaign. And then, you know, he's got, uh, uh, he's helping Mitch McConnell try to win back the Senate. He's the finance guy for the, the National Senatorial Campaign Committee. And so all these things, uh, Gidwitz uh, endorsed Irvin, but he has not, he's not heard word one from Bailey. And you would think that, and, and he, he's befuddled by that because it's like, well, I don't, what he told me was, I don't endorse people, I don't know. And, and so uh, he, he thinks that, you know, he, he again ties this whole thing with Bailey back to money. Uh, Gidwitz told me that he, he, he can't foresee a path for, for Darren Bailey if he can't come up with $100 million, which is what, what the plan was for Irvin. You know, Griffin was going to fund Irvin, and, and Bailey just doesn't have access to that capital. And he, he just, he's just, you know, the, this guy is going to be defined by J.B. Pritzker, and it's going to be defenseless. And that's that's pretty much what Gidwitz's fear is. Uh, Dave, there's some people, they won't talk publicly, but a lot of Republicans and I think some Republican VIPs uh, are looking down ballot and think they have a shot. Maybe they they not very optimistic about the governor's race, obviously. Uh, they have a shot uh, maybe at Secretary of State, maybe in the Treasurer's office. Uh, is the Brady and Giannullius, uh race in play, you think, for the Republicans? It could be. I mean, you know, there had been so much talk up until this point. Well, up until I think the you know when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, I think everybody was pretty reliably expecting that it could be a Republican wave year across the country, and and that decision really has energized Democrats across the country, and I think it'll have that effect here in Illinois as well. I think I think that there is possibility a possibility of of uh, Republicans picking up seats in the General Assembly. They might pick off, uh, you know, one or, or more of these statewide uh, uh, constitutional offices. They, they could be in play. Um, you know, I think probably the, the, the truly under-the-radar uh, campaigns in the general election are for the Supreme Court in the second and third districts. There's the old uh, Kilbride district, and then uh, uh, Justice uh, uh, Burke uh, is is uh, trying to to retain his spot on the court. But Republicans have to win both of those seats, and if they do, they they will uh, grab control of the state Supreme Court for the first time in more than fifty years. And and you know that would really give the Republicans a toehold in in being able to kind of um, you know be back at the table in Illinois when it comes to policy because. The, you know, with the supermajorities the Democrats have in the General Assembly and the governor's office, it's just they've run pretty much roughshod over the Republicans. But this, the Supreme Court races, if if they uh, if if the two of them tilt Republican, that that will be a, a huge political story on the night of November eighth. Final question, Dave McKinney. Thanks for your time. We'll do this again. I'm sorry we never got back to you. Had a transition here, and I apologize. We should have you on more often than we have. Uh, you're one of the best. We really appreciate your insight. If people want to follow you, how can they do that? Well, on Twitter and Sam, you, you uh, I'm a, uh, at Dave McKinney. Pretty simple. Sam, you are you are truly an institution in Springfield, and I'm I'm glad you're you're still hammering away and, and keeping people honest and. Uh, and, and, and doing your show because I know uh, every time I would I would walk into the press room at the Capitol, people 
uh, my old friend Doug Finke, if he's out there listening, he, he would always uh, listen to you in the, in the morning and, and talk about what you were doing. So you, you do a great job, and uh, best of luck to you. Thanks, David. Final question. Uh, down here, we are pretty aware there appears to be, and it's state central committeeman race on the Democrat side proved this. Uh, boy, there's a, not a great relationship right now between Team Pritzker and Team Durbin. What's that all about? Yeah, you know what? That's that's a that that was a, a, a kind of a row that uh, came out of nowhere. I, I, it was it was just a, a power struggle for control of the state party. I mean, you know, of course, the vacuum exists there uh, and has existed because of uh, Mike Madigan's departure. He was the state party chairman for all those years, and and Robin Kelly, the congresswoman from the South Suburbs, uh, she she had gotten in there with Durbin's support, uh, but but the problem was that uh, she couldn't. She, she was. She had her hands tied a little bit when it came to fundraising, and so they used the, the Pritzker and, and uh, Speaker Welch uh, kind of used that as, as a wedge to, to demonstrate that, look, we need to get a different person in here who can raise money. And so, uh, you know, yeah, it's a, it, it was a it was a Pritzker Durbin kind of showdown. What kind of lingering effect that will have, I don't know. But what, when you think about um, JB Pritzker, he's he's had his toe kind of in the waters for maybe running for president, you think back to when Barack Obama was was uh, a state or U.S. senator, and he was kind of thinking about running for president. Who was his champion? It was Dick Durbin. Durbin has all these connections in D.C. that you would think uh, Pritzker might get use out of. And so I think if there are any lingering tensions, you know, it's probably in, in Pritzker's interest to kind of patch them over and, and make sure that, uh, you know, this this is not a a permanent problem with Durbin, but quite a quite a thing, you know. You don't see Dick Durbin uh, losing these kinds of things very often. You got that right, Dave McKinney. Thanks for your time, my friend. We'll be in touch and stay safe. All right, you too, Sam. Take care. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.